Hello there, everybody. It's time for another Singularity Podcast. So grab your coffee, grab a seat, and we'll do some talking for a little while, okay? You know, after that last episode I did about planned obsolescence, I thought about it and I came to the conclusion that I think what I want to talk about today are just a couple of theories that I have and just kind of float them your way and see what you think. Now, some of the stuff I'm going to talk about today is pretty weird, but I like to be weird. It's much more fun to be weird, (laughs) okay? And I have a lot of fun. (laughs) So, I'm I'm pretty damn weird. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty weird. And I'm proud of it. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I suppose if you really wanted me to, you know, we could go off onto some other topic like gender pronouns or something. It's a hot button issue in America right now. But I think that that issue's been covered enough by practically everybody else but me. Okay, (laughs) but (laughs) seeing as I'm neither qualified nor interested in, you know, bloviating about something so complicated and wow, something so hot right now, I will say this. Okay, and this is all I'm going to say about the issue of gender and all that kind of stuff that's so hot right now and so controversial. I am a centrist, okay, and I am not political at all. So the real bummer about all of it is that there's so much anger and just nastiness that any chance for real dialogue about the issues is pretty much at this point non-existent, okay? It's not going to happen. Maybe over time when things calm down a little bit, It'll be possible, but I'm going to bet that you probably don't want to hear any more opinions about it right now. And trust me, I have no use for any of it right now. But when tempers boil, common sense evaporates, you know. Um, So today we're going to talk about something fun, something to dig into a little bit. And, um, you know, I mentioned a couple episodes back uh, with that flat earth Episode. I talked to you about that guy, Rob Skiba, right? Rob Skiba. And um, he is a very interesting guy, not just because of the flat earth thing, because the flat earth thing with Rob Skiba is a relatively new angle that he's coming from. But prior to that, and what he's really kind of like famous for were his biblical interpretations, particularly with the book of Genesis and explaining through his research what the book of Genesis meant when it was talking about the flood. Like what happened with the great flood. Now, I understand that you may not want to hear biblical teachings, so I'm not going to go that way. All right. And I understand that, you know, you may or may not agree 
that there was ever a flood that covered the earth to begin with, okay? But I will say this, that I believe that there was a great flood, okay? I believe that it happened not just because the Bible says so, but because there are testimonies from multiple different civilizations and cultures around the world that all have this um, either written or oral history of a great flood taking place on the planet. So I believe that it happened, okay? But kind of coming at it from the angle that Rob Skiba is coming from, okay, which I, I have to say that a lot of this theory that I have come up with, okay, is based on a lot of what he kind of already established, all right? So I'm using like his theories as a springboard for mine, okay? So anyway, uh, basically, okay, Rob Skiba's contention for the Great Flood and what happened in the book of Genesis when it talks about the Great Flood was that the reason that the flood needed to happen or was so decreed by Almighty God in my belief system, okay, um, was because there had been an intermingling with human DNA and angel DNA, okay, that there had been a violation that had taken place when the angels, okay, um, had sex with, you know, fornicated with human women, okay, and produced this offspring, okay, that was not sanctioned by God, okay? Now, there's this term that Rob Skiba had researched. It's an ancient Hebrew word, and the word is nefesh, okay? There are three elements to the human being. The body, the material, right? The soul, and the spirit, okay? So those are three different aspects or three different components to the human being. Now, a nefesh is really just a word to describe the physical form of something, like the body of something. And all of creation has its own nefesh, okay? Um, this hollow form to be filled with a soul and a spirit, okay? You follow me? So, for instance, to kind of like make it clear, um, a dog has its own nefesh, okay? Or a dolphin has its own nefesh. And a human being, of course, has its own nefesh. And this is the form of a human that is sanctioned and created by God because I believe that each one of us is created individually by God, okay? And I could talk about that too, but right now we're just going to get through this one. But um, the reason that the flood needed to take place was because when that violation took place, it meant that there were these physical forms that were being born, okay, without a soul, okay? And 
man, it's a complicated issue, okay? And I would suggest that if you are interested in what I'm talking about, like, you know, the minute details, you should get into Rob Skiba's previous work, like the stuff from maybe four, five, or six years ago, because it's pretty interesting. Some of the stuff that he has kind of researched and some of the theories that he's come up with. It's pretty fascinating stuff. And it would take me hours to, you know, sift through it all. So I'll try to fit it in (laughs) to this episode. But ultimately, the purpose for the flood was uh, this problem of the angels DNA mixing with human DNA and contaminating the human race with this unsanctioned seed. Okay. And that seed, those offspring were called Nephilim in the Bible. Okay. So it talks about this event that happened. And like Rob Skiba, you know, I was the kind of person who, you know, when I read the Old Testament, when I read the book of Genesis, when I got to the part about Nephilim, all right, it got really weird and really confusing. Okay. Like, for instance, uh, you know, the fact that God, this merciful God, which is what I believe and what the Bible teaches, okay, that God is a merciful God and slow to anger and those kinds of things. Why was he wiping out all the people on the planet? There must have been a really good reason, but it's not abundantly clear exactly why that needed to happen. And, you know, through Rob Skiba's research, you know, he's gone into different books that were not included in the Bible, but they were written at the same time. They just didn't make the cut, you know, to make it into the Septuagint or the Old Testament or what we know as the Bible, but they were written at the same time and they corroborate a lot of what is in the Bible. Okay. These other accounts from other sources. So... You know, by Rob Skiba's research, he's kind of come up with this theory that the reason that the earth had to be wiped out was because there were a bunch of creatures, really, roaming the earth that had no identifiable form. Like something that we would not recognize as human or uh, angel. And this form, this physical form, this nefesh, had to be inhabited by a spirit, you know, probably, okay, a malevolent spirit of some kind. And that spirit would be, you know, according to the research of Rob Skiba, those things that were walking around were like inhabited by these malevolent spirits, okay? And that's all like just amazing and fascinating and hard to believe and wow it just blows your mind when you really get into the details of it but for me okay it's interesting because it says in the bible okay and this is a phrase i've been hearing a lot actually on the internet from different sources is um as it was in the days of noah so it will be in the end of time okay like something like that okay And uh, that was a statement that Jesus made, okay, to his disciples that when the end of the world comes, that's what the world will be like again. Okay, it'll happen again. And uh, I just think that kind of stuff is just so fascinating because 
if Rob Skiba is correct, and I think he might be, okay, there's some validity to his theories, okay, um, that would mean that somehow, somewhere on Earth, there's this intermingling happening again on the planet. And it doesn't surprise me, you know, it's, uh, uh, it would not surprise me. I think it's been alluded to a lot in film and literature and uh, not just recently. I mean, I think it's something that has been in the making for a very long time, or at least desired by a large, I mean, a large and particularly well-funded group of people on the planet. And you're probably wondering what the heck I'm talking about. But right now on the planet, there are all of these breakthroughs that are happening with DNA and cloning and mapping the human genome, right? And if you go back and you really look at the origins of these issues and when they first started to kind of percolate into the zeitgeist, this idea of, you know, mapping the human genome or cloning animals or manipulating DNA, okay? It wasn't too long ago. It was maybe like, you know, 10 or 20 years ago. And one of the first controversies when it came to DNA and all those things, okay, was cloning. You know, they cloned a sheep, right? Remember that? I think there was some kind of sheep, you know, like Rosie the sheep or something, something ridiculous like that. But they had cloned this sheep, you know, and uh, it's famous. But the point I'm making is that was like one of the first places they went, you know, but then, you know, not too long after that, okay, and this is, you know, maybe within the past 10 years or so, uh, I remember watching this program that was talking about how they had merged uh, spider DNA with, I think, like a goat or something like that. So these goats were somehow producing silk. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but I'm almost 100% certain that's what I saw. Okay, so they started out, you know, cloning sheep, but it wasn't too long after that where they started to mix animal DNA. Now, I don't know for sure, okay, because there's no way that I could know for sure, but I would bet all the money in my pockets for all the money in your pockets, okay, that somewhere on this planet, somebody is mixing human DNA with animal DNA. I don't know for sure. And I'm sure that at this point, it's probably still considered, you know, illegal. Okay, it's still officially illegal. So if it were being done, it would have to be done in secret. And I'd bet dollars to donuts that somewhere on this planet there is a laboratory or a building or a factory somewhere where they are conducting experiments like that where they are actually merging human DNA with animal 
DNA. Can you imagine the horror of something like that? I mean, can you imagine the horror of these places where they're conducting these kinds of experiments, you know, and the horror of experiments gone wrong, you know, let alone the experiments gone right. Can you imagine the horror of it all? Now, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the end. And, and I got to tell you, I do think that it is highly possible in my imagination anyway, in my theory, I believe that they could be doing that. Okay, making these forms, these nefeshes, right? Creatures, really, that are hollow and they don't have a soul and they don't have a spirit. But in order to be animated, okay, they need a spirit. And some malevolent spirit, let's just say for the sake of discussion, will inhabit this nefesh and, you know, animate this nefesh, like give it life, okay? So let's just pause for a moment, okay, and consider that, okay? Suspend your disbelief and we'll just just consider it a realistic possibility for a second. And imagine what something like that might actually look like or be like. A half-human, half... what? A half-octopus creature walking down the street. And <laughs> not only is it, like, terrifying to look at... Okay, because it would be terrifying to look at and horrifying. Um, but it would be inhabited by a demon, a malevolent spirit. Okay. Now, going with the belief that art imitates life and vice versa. Okay. Isn't that kind of like the plot for every single Hollywood monster movie that's been made over the past 50 or 100 years, okay, these half-human, half-animal chimeras, I mean, they actually have a word for it, chimeras, half-animal, half-human. You know, it does say in the Bible, you know, in the book of Revelation, okay, it does talk about um, the some of the things that people will see Okay, some of the things that will be beheld by the human eye will scare some people to death. Okay, it says that. That there's going to be a time on earth when there will be these things on earth that will be so terrifying to look at that people will die from fear, having just seen them. Okay, and okay, um... What could that be, you know? It would have to be something really scary, right? So, you know, a half-human, half-lion creature, (laughs) you know, walking down the street with a bunch of his, you know, half-human, half-something-or-other buddies behind him, you know, looking to do harm, okay? And having extra power or strength or something. 
that we can't even identify with because it's like, you know, up until this point, it's just a monster movie plot. It's not our reality, right? But, you know, Rob Skiba, once again, you know, he points out this movie that was called Splice. And it's about this exact same topic that we're talking about, okay? And uh, if you watch the film, it pretty much describes what I'm saying. You know, it's a uh, almost verbatim <laughs> description of this theory and this concept, right? Um, it is something that I kind of keep in the back of my mind and I think about from time to time. And every once in a while, I'll see some kind of thing that is pointing in that direction. That the mad scientists and the doctors of our time are doing something like that in secret somewhere. And it'll be, you know, much like, let's say, um, the Lord of the Rings, you know, how they had that place where they were making the orcs, I think they were called. You know, they were manufacturing these nefeshes to be inhabited by some, you know, disembodied spirit or some kind of demon or something, right? And they unleash them on the world. Well, you know, that's like the punchline. They're showing you what they're doing, you know? It could be, it could be, it certainly is, you know, half entertaining, half horrifying to think about. But, um... I'm willing to accept that, at least for the time being. You know, I guess another point that I want to close out with, and this is a theory too, okay, or I guess maybe more just something to consider or to think about, especially if you do believe in God and you do believe that God is the Almighty Creator. Um, consider this, that when this kind of stuff was happening back in the day, you know, the days of Noah, it made God so angry, okay, that he started over, that he wiped it all out. That's how angry God got. And it had gotten to a certain point where, you know, at least according to the Bible, where Noah and his family, okay, were the only ones who had not been contaminated with this mingled DNA. So it made God angry enough to just return to zero. I mean, right back to nothing except for Noah and his family on this ark, right? With the creatures that were on it. No, that's a fairy tale. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Somebody claims to have found the ark, you know, and there's a narrative, you know, floating around now that the ark was real and the ark is, a, you know, and they made a movie about it and, you know, they're pointing at it and they're drawing our attention to it. Right? Noah's Ark. Well, consider this, okay? When human beings mess in that territory, okay, when they mess with the genome and DNA and those kinds of things, they're stepping on God's toes. Okay? And they're, they're crossing a line, apparently, um, that is historically not very good to cross, okay? And because uh, the Bible teaches that God is like slow to anger, okay? Maybe he has to let things get so bad, okay? To a point where any punishment he meets out is justified because 
they have offended him for so long, okay, that um, the punishment will match the offense, okay? Now, you could be rolling your eyes, that's fine, because, you know, I don't care. It's, it's just something to think about, you know. It's, these are concepts to consider, that there might be something happening right now on this planet that makes God, you know, the almighty creator, very, very, very angry, okay? And it's not just, you know, a sin or something. It's like, you know, a major affront to God. Uh, treading on a soil they should not. It's forbidden, okay? And you don't do it. You don't poke the bear, you know? And uh, I got a strong feeling. Of course, I don't know for sure, right? How could I? But I have a feeling that this community of people that are, like, promulgating this kind of work in these secret laboratories, like, they just don't care (laughs) about what God thinks or what the repercussions may or may not be from their work. Okay? They don't care. It's almost as if, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, okay, that they would be pleased to be offending God in that way. Like, they would consider that a success if... um, they did not manage to succeed in uh, creating some, you know, hybrid creature, but they did manage to offend God, I think they would be happy with that. That's enough for them. And I don't know for sure, and it probably sounds kooky, all of it, right? But we could actually be living in a time when something like that is happening. I mean, who could deny at this point that everything I have just talked about isn't at least possible with modern science? Like, who could argue that it's not possible? Let alone probable, okay? And that's where I'm going to leave it for now. You know, I hope that... um, I've explained this situation clearly enough. I'm not sure that I have, but eh, you know what I'm talking about. You get it. If you don't get me by now, then I would be highly disappointed. Because I think at this point, we could talk about anything. (laughs) And that, my friends, if that's true, that is the sign of a very strong relationship. When you can talk to somebody about anything, I mean, anything, and they don't care. They'll just go for the ride. Hey, if that's the case for us, folks, you, my happy innovators, then mission accomplished. We have made a connection as human beings. So, um, talk to you next week. But in the meantime, I would suggest, if you were interested in what I was talking about, uh, go to Rob Skiba on YouTube and just watch some of his videos about the Nephilim and 
the angels and the humans mixing DNA and the flood and all those things. Do yourself a favor and go check some of that stuff out because it's at least entertaining. So for now, this is Mike Bostwick from Pipe Choir Records signing off. And remember, folks, if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Take it easy.